Hello and welcome to Search for Truth, your Bible teaching program with Brian Johnston. Thanks for tuning in. Today we continue our study of Christ's character and focus this time on the gentleness of Christ. So far we've touched on the love of Christ, his obedience and his meekness. So I hope you enjoyed those talks if you've been following this series. I've said previously that Brian can only hope to bring out a few significant teachings from Scripture because Christ's character is a vast area of study. Christ is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his nature, upholding all things by his powerful word, says the writer of the letter to the Hebrews in chapter 1 and verse 3. Anyway, here's Brian. Thanks, John. Yes, among the predictions sounded out centuries in advance by the Old Testament prophets, we find precise and explicit details of where Jesus was to be born and of how he was to die. That's remarkable, to say the least, and we can show that that is beyond any realistic likelihood of coincidence or hoaxing. But what the Old Testament writers also placed on record was a character description, one that was fulfilled exactly in Jesus Christ of Nazareth. For instance, this is Isaiah 42, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry out or raise his voice, nor make his voice heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice. That's the unmistakable pen portrait of someone who's of gentle character. It fittingly describes the person whom the Gospel writers later narrated as dealing gently with the woman allegedly taken in adultery. He also overruled his disciples in permitting children access to him, and he prevented his followers resisting his arrest. And he later stopped them from calling down judgment on those who'd snubbed him by refusing the normal hospitality of those days. We've already considered Christ's meekness of character, and it's true his gentleness of behaviour can hardly be divorced from its association with meekness. We find them side by side in 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 1. Now I, Paul, myself, am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am lowly among you, but being absent, am bold toward you. Here, gentleness appears with meekness, as though a similarity exists alongside a specific difference. The reason for this is that Paul is dealing with conflict. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul begins a defence of his apostolic authority. He begins his argument by appealing to the gentleness and meekness of Christ, to vindicate his own even-handed approach, entreating them not to give him occasion to display the boldness and severity that he could also use. He'd no wish to be bold and severe in his discipline of them. Some who had invaded the congregation at Corinth, claiming to be apostles, were accusing Paul of being courageous and bold when writing letters from a distance, but timid and weak when he was personally present with them. Even though there were arrogant people in the church at Corinth, gentleness was Paul's preferred means of dealing with them. What do you desire? Shall I come to you with a rod or with love and a spirit of gentleness? 1 Corinthians 4.21 Gentleness 
is one of the best English words to express the outward operation of meekness. Gentleness refers to actions, that is, external behaviour, but it's never a false modesty, a self-deprecation or a spineless refusal to stand for anything. It's never a cowardly retreat from reality that avoids trouble in ways that allow an even greater trouble to develop. Neither is it a false humility that refuses to recognise that God has given us talents and abilities or that refuses to use them for his glory. Biblically, the focus of gentleness is not only in our outward behaviour nor in our relationships to other human beings, neither is it the focus of our natural personality. Rather, it's an inwardly developed tender-heartedness, something that comes from within, and the performing of it is first of all towards God. Gentleness is a softness of manner and disposition. There's an absence of harshness, fierceness or violence in it. Gentleness appears in the Bible among lists of virtues, and two corresponding themes are associated with it. They are, first, that God commands us to behave that way, and second, that rewards are promised to people who display the virtue of gentleness. We can't be united with others unless we come to the point, each of us on an individual basis, where we're no longer bothered by the intentional or unintentional offences from others, especially from our own spiritual brothers and sisters. That's why Paul explicitly mentions it in appeals for unity, such as we find in Ephesians chapter 4. Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Gentleness is to be put on with other Christian virtues such as compassion, lowliness and patience as Paul taught the faithful believers in the church at Colossae in chapter 3 from verse 12. So, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Gentleness should be a restraint in all our thoughts and actions. It comes to some people seemingly by inheritance. To most, however, it must be developed because it's often lacking. It needs to be acquired by subduing our nature just as someone might tame a wild horse. Passionate feelings must be controlled and our harsh temperament restrained, bringing us back to the kind of self-control that the Apostle Paul was demonstrating towards the opposing believers at Corinth. When Paul himself displayed these qualities, he was of course reflecting Christ. Matthew records for us, Jesus entered the temple and drove out all those who were buying and selling in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who were selling doves. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a robber's den. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. 
Did you notice that between verses 13 and 14, we see two strong sides of Jesus' personality and character? On the one side, he was very forceful, steadfast and authoritative. But then right away, he shows gentleness. This, according to James, is an aspect of the wisdom that's from above. He says in chapter 3, But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy. Aubrey Andelin, in his book Man of Steel and Velvet, illustrates gentleness in this way. He says gentleness is to the steel qualities what mercy is to justice. When justice is meted out alone, it is cold, undeviating and unsympathetic. Although justice is in reality given for the benefit of the individual, without mercy it appears intent on suffering and even on the destruction of the person. As mercy softens justice, gentleness softens the steel in man. The Apostle Peter brings its application closer to home when he writes to Christian women and Christian wives, saying, Your adornment must not be merely external, braiding the hair and wearing gold jewellery or putting on dresses, but let it be the hidden person of the heart, with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. We are to be free from self-exaltation and fully submitted to the will of God, both in our relationship with him and in our relationship with our spouse. The Apostle Peter was inspired to write that a quiet and gentle spirit among wives is in God's sight very precious. He continues, now turning to the menfolk, You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way, as with someone weaker, since she is a woman, and show her honour as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. These are all elements of gentleness. They're strongly positive virtues, and certainly not a display of passive timidity. Jesus Christ is our perfect example What can we do to subdue a harsh nature and in its place develop gentleness? We've seen that we need to work at our restraint and self-control. We have to bring our actions and emotions under control. We should bridle our tongues as someone would bridle a horse and lead it where they want it to go. We've got to train our feelings to react righteously and restrain and subdue any harshness in our temperaments. Easier said than done, of course, but at least we know what to aim for.
Thanks for your study today, Brian. And once again, I remind everyone there's a free book to go with this series of 10 studies of Christ's character. And a copy can be yours if you write in by post or by email. As I said earlier, we'd also be pleased to hear any comments or questions you might have after listening today. If you'd like a copy of the book, just ask for The Character of Christ. And you can do this by email or by post. Here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wooten Bassett, Swindon, SN4 8DY UK. I'll say that again. The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wooten Bassett, Swindon, SN4 8DY UK. Search for Truth, PO Box 748, Ringwood, Victoria 3134, Australia. Search for Truth, PO Box 70115, Chilomani, Blantyre, Malawi. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. And did you know by looking up churchesofgod.info forward stroke media, you'll find our church's main website and you can download some actual programs there and the accompanying transcripts as well as accessing other helpful material. So it's been a delight to enjoy the privilege of your company today and it'd be great if you could join me again next week if you're able to and we'll take a look then at the purity of Christ. But until then, it's goodbye for now from our Bible teacher, Brian, our producer, David, our singers and me, John. See you soon. And in the meantime, may God richly bless you. Bye.